All right, podcast listeners, we're back. Episode 33 of the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Today, I'm with my old buddy Wayne. Wayne Wine. What's up, Mike? Of Graffiti Infamy. Uh, This is is a cool one for me. Uh, I'll start with a little personal side note. This is the the story that Wayne's heard a million times already. Um, But when I was coming up as a graffiti writer and being <coughs> tutored by a Gree from Brooklyn, he, you know, he exposed me to a lot of New York writers. And uh, at a certain point after studying New York writers for a few months, he asked me in earnest, all right, so who are your top three favorite New York writers? And looking back, I can, I could have said Dero, Webb, when I loved all the FBA stuff. But what I told him was, all right, number one was Wayne, and he was like, right on, that that's great, you know, you're you're looking at the right stuff. He's like, who's number two? And I said, Hims, and he smiled real big, but didn't say much. And then the third one was no. And he laughed out loud and was just like, bro, that's all the same person. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't realize that. And he's like, obviously, you know, but, you know, obviously Wayne is your dude if those are your top three. And I was just like, yeah, obviously, you know, (laughs) and it's just something. It's one of those things. It was a it was a real moment with my mentor, but it also really showed where my eyes were going. And it was right to your work. Oh, amazing. And that was that would have been 1990. Right. I'm not sure what I was seeing. I know he did have a lot of film photos, um, but we did have the magazines and stuff like IGT. Right. And can you uh, think of what else yeah. was out around yeah. the late 80s? Yeah. Late 80s. Definitely IGT. Yeah. Can Control, which right. first had like a one sheet that was called, uh, I believe Ghetto Art was the first one that... Uh, I think I had one of those that, too. That, that, that Power did. So it was definitely those two. And then in Europe, there was a guy that had Bomber Magazine. And I guess maybe, maybe even out in, in Australia, it started trickling in the 90s. Sure. Hype, hype, hype Magazine. I mean, to me, those was yeah. like the first few zines coming out. Really, yeah, because I know you there know. were... There were zines for sure. Because yeah. I was even making a zine called Albuquerque Aerosol. Right. Probably started doing that in 91 or 2. Right. You know? Sick. And then I did a zine called Huffer once I moved to oh, San Francisco. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll show you the Huffer sometimes. Yeah. They're, they're pretty terrible. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not something I'm yeah. really proud of as yeah. a project. It was but, just where I was at at the time. Yeah. But I'm sure at that time, um, but there are hella people were psyched on it. That's the thing. That yeah. was the pre-internet way of exchanging. Oh. You know, and it was as simple as Xerox copies. Right, right. And you couldn't see any of the color detail. Right, but we didn't need to because that's it, the thing. It was you studying were, style. Yeah, you were really like looking at it over and over and over. It's, yeah. I mean, we've come so far from that, so it's 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 laughable. But like when we were actually there in the physical, sure, you were like. Oh, somebody made a magazine? Oh, I never heard of this. Oh, look at that style. Oh, I'd that look guy. look at it under a magnifying uh, yeah, glass. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. were really into it, and, and, and then you wanted to connect with who was putting it out. Usually and, there was an yeah, address. Yeah, we and all had you, like... That's how I made yeah. those connections. Did you have I a P.O. Box? I would send them a few zines. 
I think I used just random addresses that I had. <laughs> I didn't even care. You know, it was just like there was nothing to worry about yeah. so much. You know, yeah, that was yeah. so so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um so usually when I do these interviews the crux of it is to help young people understand how we have as, as adults have gotten to the positions that we have Correct. you know mm-hmm. so i like to start right at the beginning so okay. can you tell me kind of how you grew up and where and your early kind of artistic influences and things sure sure mike uh, i mean again thank you for having me on the show and, oh, yeah. and, and 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 i'm just great to be down here in, in diego and Hanging out yeah, with you hiding and from the uh, cold and yeah. uh, the fall in New York, you're yeah, in ninety yeah. degree Southern yeah. California, and, and it's just so peaceful down here. And just to you know, be around creatives like you and uh, Persuade. That's why I'm here. Um, and uh, no, but like just thinking back, like for me, it was like because I wasn't, you know, now looking back on it, I wasn't born in 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 the Bronx or in in New York. I mm-hmm. was born in London. Yep. My family's from the West Indies. You know, a few people have known that for, for recent interviews. So I think for me, when I came to the Bronx and the North Bronx at that, um, in the North Bronx, for, for all the listeners, is like the trains are above ground, which means the L. You've been to New York and the, the different boroughs that come out of the tunnel. Yeah, exactly. And uh, as a kid, was able to see the, the train from my window, also from my preschool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Everywhere I went, you, you could see the train ride by these big metal containers going by as a, yeah. as a seven-year-old or whatever. And what I, year? I would say I would say 70, 70, uh, I recall at least 78, you know, okay. 77, 77. I noticed it right away. Right? Who were the writers that were standing out? Did, were oh. any? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say definitely um, one of my the ones that I noticed quickly was was like uh, Min. Min was a guy that I noticed quickly. Like, like he would do yeah. these simple you know, what we call throw-ups now, really nice one-color feeling. Like, let's say it was yellow, and it would probably be, like, you know, um, bright yellow Krylon and a cherry red outline for Classic, back then, for nice those that combo. knows. Hot. Yeah. Hot combo. Just on a panel. And then um, there was other guys like Spin. There was a Spin back then who did, uh, his style was, he did, I think, the dump Koch piece. But his whole style was very simple and easy to understand. Everything else was very, very hard and very, because, you know, at that age and not really knowing what we really look, very colorful, but at the same time... That's co- why I yeah. ask, because yeah. I would imagine as a little kid, there's a lot of it you just don't understand, you yeah. can't read, you yeah. know, and that's why I ask, well, who stood out? Who yeah. was, you know, because I think that's a thing for writers to understand, yeah. you know, it's like, we're basically writing for each other, A hundred percent. but you can simplify it and get the attention of regular folks. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. And to be able to do really precise, clean letters like a sign painter would, I think requires a lot of skill. Yeah. You know, it's funny like that though, because the little kids remember the simple stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and then what? What I know. So then the train, the trains was like what you call dirty and rusty or whatever, and then like I guess. Maybe early 83, after some years, they, and I was a little bit older, you know, now coming into like 82, 83, you know, 12 and 13, and I was going to like, uh, you know, I was going to still preschool or whatever. No, I was going to junior high school. So I was meeting kids that their older brothers was writing. They were writing too, but they maybe they didn't paint the trains just yet. You know, and I, and I was playing with this kid on the block, uh, Vin. And Vin, his brother, his older brother was Rolio. Which was really a guy that inspired me for it, because he's from the neighborhood, 
but he also had a lot of pieces running on the train and and then um you know we got to see him because you know we could hang out with Vin in front of his their mom's house and yeah. his brother would come back from racking and with yeah. all the cans and we'd be like oh man oh, oh this guy's real you know like Oh my no, God. it is a trip to see someone roll up with a bunch of stolen, like yeah. anything, kind yeah. of. I yeah. remember that as yeah. a early graffiti writer yeah. when kids would roll up with their rack, and you'd just be like, oh, damn, bro, you filled up your trunk? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we didn't know what racking was, but he was just, That's you know. That's the thing. That's yeah. why it's so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you just stole all of that? Yeah. Like, how is yeah. that even possible? Yeah. I can imagine taking one or one. two. Right, but you got like 60, 70 cans right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. And, and then, then you learn. And then you see all the colors. Yeah. And then he had like, at the time, his partners <laughs> was this guy Cato and Diane and uh, mm. and you know for like the viewers, like I said, if 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 you look at subway art, these guys got like a, a, a full a full spread page in subway art, a photo by Martha Cooper, yeah. at the, pulling in this in the station, Diane Rolio. And then there was another guy, Root or whatever, down with them. And it was like they were—they seem a lot older. They might have been maybe three or four years older than us. But back then, that was a big, a big stretch. I think with any kid, yeah, even yeah. between my nephews, one thirteen and one sixteen, I think, or fourteen and sixteen, like there, it's still a difference. Yeah, There's, it was like know, uh, they seem much bi- bigger. Yeah, the older kids yeah. seem so much older. So, yeah. so, so th- once, once I got the gist of. What was going on from Vin and seeing Rolio and seeing these guys, then uh, I, with, my, with a little click of guys my age, we, you know, they had like a crew called the players and like we had jackets. The players. <laughs> the players kind of like, kind of like, uh, almost like Fossey Jacket style, like it was a community thing. Cause well, you know, like... I know the, hi- the there's that history of like the the gangs in Chicago wearing the varsity sweaters, right? Right. right. You know, with the you know, and even the yeah. hot rodders. You know, there was that whole yeah. Uh, so so that was early '80s. That was early '80s. And this, you guys this, were the this, players. Yeah, the players. Yeah. So yeah. so there was a hospital which was was, was in the area. They funded the money for the jackets and a little plate like community oh, center fresh. where we where we where we really break danced. But, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. But but really, I was I was terrible at break dancing. Right? <laughs> I, I was horrible. Too. I could probably yeah. do like a, a backspin, or whatever. Sure. But 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 all those kids, everybody was either breaking or trying to prove themselves as as a youngster, you know. And yeah. and a lot of the kids already wrote. They had older brothers that wrote. They had names, and and they started going, you know, like this kid Mick and Rich and so forth, and my, and, and this one guy who's still a friend of mine, Sabar, but he was writing Burn at the time. And uh, or burner, and then they would do what we called uh, motioning, which is still something people do, I, I believe, in Europe and everything. In Europe, you might call it like a back jump. You know, the train kind of pulls in at the end of the station, and then you just you, you cop some tags, whether on the outside or the inside, whatever. So they were doing that because they were already like like eleven and twelve. So I honestly, I was scared to do that. Right. I was scared, you know, like, because the whole idea, like, everybody told you about writing, they would be like, oh, my God, you know, people could take your your, your, your markers and your pain. And, yeah, that was common you know, to get robbed for your shit yeah. if you were a toy. Yeah. I think, oh, totally. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and people were just like, yeah, yo, you know. So I was just trying to, like, I was writing in the neighborhood, and I was, I was drawing in my little black book. And then, uh, you know, hey... I, I started going to junior high school, so now now I'm like 13 or whatever, and then I, you know, we're in a lunchroom. But our seventh grade, 
a seventh grade uh, class because the school was overpopulated had lunch room had lunch with the ninth graders. Huh. Okay. So long story short, I'm there with my black book with with some other guys with their black book, yeah. my age, and people are kind of digging my little drawings. Whatever. Sure. Sure. And and one of the ninth graders came by, I never forget it, and he was like, "Oh, what you guys write, you know?" Yeah. And we, we kind of told him whatever, and he was like, "Oh, could I see the black book?" And then he looked at it, and he was like, "And then we're like, oh, hey, what you write?" Yeah. And he was like, "Michelob." Wow. Right. So I hadn't at that particular time I hadn't seen anything from Michelob. I hadn't sure. even heard of it. Yeah. Except for it was it's the name of a beer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but he was talking big. Yeah. He was talking big. Everybody in New York, you know, they talk big. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, a, like you're the king of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it sounded good. Like he sounded like he knew what he was doing and he yeah. was really in it. And we wasn't, we didn't have that much insight or, or experience. And then he was like, oh, hey, you, you know, do you want me to do something in your book? And at first I was like hesitating because I was, oh, this motherfucker's going to try to keep my book. But, sure. But, but then I'm like, oh, fuck it. He, he goes to the same school. I'm going to see this you know, guy yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. So I lend him the book. And uh, he comes back the next day. Lunch class. Same, same time. Same yeah. group of people. And, and he puts the book in the center of the, of the desk where everybody's sitting in the lunchroom. Yeah. And he kind of opens the book. And it cracks it a little bit. You see the colors? And then he closes it. <laughs> like a little yeah. sneak peek. Sneak peek. Everybody. <coughs> but the minute he opened it for that split second, everybody's like, ooh. He knew that. He knew he was going to get right. that. And then everybody knew that we were whack. And this guy was he like it up. like the real thing. That's how I felt when I saw Gree. Yeah. Because he had those black books that were full color production, oh. spreads. And that he was so into black books. Right. It, just as much as working on walls. Oh, yeah. And You know, but... And I loved that because yeah. it wasn't something that a lot of writers really got into. No, but I think it led to my career as an illustrator. Oh, totally, those, those totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. said you spent a lot of time drawing, so, so it definitely much. did. In, in the beginning, yeah. it was just like, oh, black books are cool, but then you realize that you actually really love to draw. Then you see somebody that like does a full spread, yeah. full color, and you realize, wow, that's a lot of marker yeah. material yeah. too, like, and a lot of that's hours. Not cheap, and like those are the good markers. Yeah, yeah. And then you realize, oh, they're stealing all that just as much as they're stealing oh, the spray paint and stuff too. Hundred like, percent. Everything is still yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. percent. So, yeah. so, 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 right at that point, I was, I was uh, excited to know more about this guy, and you know, sure, uh, and the culture itself, and what was really going on, because I, I knew a little bit, but I didn't really, you know, he was closer to my age than Rolio was. I, you know, I wasn't. Yeah. That my only con- connect with Rolio was his brother. Sure. So, uh, you know, he gave me the black one. I followed him out the, you know, like I left the table, like yo. What's up, man? Like, 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 yo, can, can we go painting or something, you know? And um, he said to me, he goes, let me talk to you over here. So okay. He goes, I'm not Michelob. <laughs> I, I was like, well, damn, because the Black Book pages are, are so dope. Like, who are you? Yeah, it doesn't matter, really. A, a, right? They're still dope. Yeah. And he goes, no, I'm Michelob's friend. I'm Say. I'm, I'm, I'm down with COD, S-E-Y, yeah. he wrote. Okay. And, and and he was like, yeah, but, you know, Michelob saw your work. He wants to meet you. And I was like, oh. oh uh, wow. So now my eyes is like, oh. Yeah. What does that really mean? I don't know. Well, 
Could it mean something good? Just to stop you for a second. Yeah. That is such the quintessential experience to me of the show and prove part of hip hop and yeah. writing culture, you know? Yeah. It's like you're an older cat and you see some young dude that's like interested and you're like, I know about that shit. I can teach you. And then just from that one interaction, it's just like boom, 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 boom. Oh, all yeah. these jumps to then right. the next person and the right. next person and the next person right. and the next person. Totally. But it can take that that one little, like, you got to show that you're doing it and that you're trying. Right. You know, and not right. like uh, trying to hound people about it. You're just doing it yourself. Oh, 100%. And those older cat, those older kids will come by. Oh, and be like, 100%. And, and, hey, and that's still relevant to this day. That's what I'm saying. That's and, why I wanted to stop yeah, for a second. Yeah. Because and, it's such a... That's a big deal in a kid's life. A hundred percent. And I think today, I learned from all those lessons, like when I see younger guys, whether it's at festivals or jams or whatever, people see me at a wall and they want, you know, we sign their black books, you know, and they ask me, hey, Wayne, what do you think of the work? You know, I'll be honest with them. I tell them what I think and I tell them, hey, man, if you're in this for, for, uh, if you really love this, you know, do it for the love and just keep doing it. You, 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 you'll get better, you'll grow, you'll, be, you'll even be better than us. Yeah. You know, um, I said, it, it just, it'll just happen. You just wake up one day. And so, long story short, it, 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 hey, so he takes me after school to Michelob's house and to go back to what you were just saying. Michelob was like, oh, hey, man, you know, you got potential. And, yeah. then, and then I started going to his house and the dude was a super illustrator. He was, he was doing spread of black books every day and he was, like I said, he was like three years older. He was on his way to graduate high school. And he also did like an art. He also on Saturdays, he went to this art art class, which was like some type of free class where he went in the city. Huh. I forgot what it was called. It was some art academy thing that was kind of free on Saturdays. You go yeah. and you draw. And, and all yeah. that was like, like, ooh, ooh, like all that was like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. You know, and um, just just yeah, spending Saturday time, class. right? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, spending time with him like that was like really big, and yeah. and 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 we he took me to pay my first train, and my older brother came. Oh, which okay, did, so did, he ended up being the yeah. first one to take took, you. Yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, he really schooled you on the whole thing. Yeah, you know that's why I even even like what kind of stuff? I mean, did he uh, teach you how to like case spots and uh, or just yeah. kind of like just would take you along yeah you yeah know? no it was just kind of learned by following him around yeah it was a little bit of both he yeah. was the type of guy that was like very like confident and like you know he'd go and then he'd be like so it was me uh him my brother who at the time wrote bias he didn't really write like a like my brother's like the, g- the genius of the family mm-hmm. so but he wrote he went twice that's cool then, then we got chased once and that's that. His career. That's that for a lot of people. Yeah, he just chased once. Yeah, he got away though. It, it, no, career. even if you get away, people yeah. are like, "Yo, I could have got yeah. caught going yeah. to jail. Yeah. This yeah. is real." Yeah, and then yeah. my mom was like, "Oh, you're getting in trouble. It's bad that you're doing bad things, but now you're taking your brother." So that was the end of his thing, yeah. his career, and um, and this guy Realm Three Eleven, okay. who was like an older guy, even older than Michelob, and had more experience. Just rest in peace, Realm Three Eleven. Cool. And people that know knew Realm Three Eleven, he really had an interesting style really original i have to show you uh, a couple photos of sure. rem 311 stuff and cool. and uh super nice guy and also very uh into taking photos of subway trains and that's and rad. just graffiti in general sure and that's how we got into that you know like some people were big on racking yeah some people were big on the beef of graffiti there were some guys that oh, sure. wasn't so talented right but they would be down to go for any type of beef or anything that happened. Now, it seems kind of yeah. funny, but anybody that knows graffiti in any city 
or anything way back, whether it's the 90s or the 80s or whatever, a lot of these cities were, were, were in kind of disarray. Yeah. And there was just a lot more, you know, violence going on. Yeah. So, so, so not that graffiti was meant for violence, but like, yo, there was dudes that would just go break the windows or do stupid shit or whatever. And they would, the guys that would go and do creative things, yeah. you know, um, and then there's guys that just tag their name, they get up, they, they yeah. go bomb insides. And, uh, you know, so we went and, uh, once I got a taste of that, I mean, I was so scared my first time, it was so dark one. I mean, people have to understand that back then. And you you know this, Mike, is like when you first everything that we did when we first started had to be illegal. No 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 there was nothing there was no place to practice and uh Well even where you'd find a place where you could do it even and not get in trouble, yeah. Like, it was still illegal. It was still illegal. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, yeah. and most people went at night. There was a couple there was exactly. I, I, I'm not gonna lie, there was a couple spots where like some people took me where under a bridge where it was cool enough to go in the day. But really, that came later. Yeah, that same c- for me. Yeah, I painted everything at night. At for night, quite a while. Yeah. Well, actually, that's that's absolute bullshit. The first thing I ever did was in the middle of the fucking afternoon at a skate spot. <laughs> right. Because I saw some kids do it the day before. Yeah. And was just like, oh well, I guess it's okay. Yeah. You right. Kind of thing. Yeah. But immediately was like, yeah, but I could paint where everybody could see it over there if I just did it at night. Right. So immediately then went to night simply because I could get better location. Oh, oh. 100%. Yeah. And but at night you, it's when you first start getting up at night because you really just you just old enough to start hanging out or you snuck out the house most of us and then like it was really scary because you you knew you could you were doing something illegal and you could get caught and you really didn't want your parents to find out. But you know, anyway, we, we took you know, you had to take the chances. This is you wanted to do this thing, you wanted to be part of this thing. And you Again, it's show and prove. Yeah. You got to just do it. You got to do it. it. Don't matter what kind of person you are. If you fucking do it, you're going to get the respect from the other people that fucking do it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's a hundred percent like that. Simple. So, so I, we went and like I said, I was scared. And my name is is Wayne. So that's four letters. W A N E is how mm-hmm. I spell it. I I was so shook. I did a W E my first time. <laughs> sure. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah. you know what? Looking around, looking around, sure. looking around. I did a lot of GNTs. Yeah, okay, yeah, uh-huh. see? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I tell people, I say, hey, man, you know what? Everything I do, I, I, I talk from experience because I feel like it resonates with people. Even if they are older or younger generation, they know, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, all right. Again, there's the commonality of the yeah. experience once right. you do it. It's still relevant. Like, it's uh, still relevant in these times and in the yeah. past. So that, so, but once... You know, to, to get back to and just end that story is like once you get a taste of your first piece, then you want more. Because initially I was like, oh, I would just go once, once. I just want to get one piece on the train. But once you got a taste, man, you were back for more. A week later, I was back for more, and uh, no, you know, I and I was I was back for more, and 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 uh, you yeah. know, it just became, it became an addiction. And, it became a uh, daily thing. Yeah, right? That's became how a daily. Yeah, came for me yeah. You were going to school. It was daily. You were doing your black books. You were racking yeah. whether markers or, or paint. Yeah. And and you were trying to uh, connect with like people that really knew how to get over and really yeah. were more experienced. Yeah. You know, and and we were also taking you know because of Rem three eleven and other guys, we were taking photos. And the first time I went out to the station, other than my home station, 
My home station was called Allerton Avenue on the two line in the Bronx. Okay. But somebody somehow said, oh, you should go to Tremont Avenue and take photos. It's, it's better. Like, it's more design. You can see the trains coming from a curb, and you can see what's on the train and blah, blah. So we went out to Tremont, and then that's where I met my man Key, who later COD. Key and Cav and those guys. And they had already been taking photos prior to that. Mm-hmm. And they knew how to shoot photos like Henry Chalfont. Like, if people look at subway art, yeah, and they see how the photos are together stitched now back then you're taking photos with with, with, with probably the worst camera it was it was called a 110 or whatever i had and, a 110 i had all the right. i had an aunt that worked at kodak so wow i got every single new model of camera that wow with film. where's your aunt we need her she's still around she's Sick. in albuquerque she's that's great and mary ellen shout out oh for but real. yeah the the 110 um you could get decent oh you get decent shot, especially in the day it was horrible yeah, at night but yeah. but in the day no yeah, problem. Super cheap little yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah. You load the film and yeah. you you know, and those guys knew how to stand on a station or in front of a wall or whatever, and 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 mark the distance, and right. then move side to side, and which then when we you de- call connectors, which you call connectors, when you yeah. developed it, it was like a perfect chain linked, you yeah, know, uh, maybe fold. I could explain that a little for the yeah. youngsters. Like, yeah. Yeah. With film cameras. Um, sometimes you couldn't back up far enough away from the wall to get the whole piece in one shot. That's right. So you'd get a certain distance from the wall and snap off like a sequence of it moving left to right. Correct. And then once you got the photos developed, you'd either just overlap them and tape them together to create this kind of mural effect right of your piece right you know and some people did it really really some people really, really well. do right and it, some people did it kind of terrible yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> well know? hey listen some people were, were taking pictures train pulled in they took the picture of the platform in front of their feet oh sure so yeah there were people that was no, that's horrible the thing it's a difficulty yeah and again with uh Graffiti. There's always been this um, important connection to photography because oh, yeah. it's the proof um, of something you made that might not even last, you know, a few hours. Right. 100%. It could last for months or years right. or whatever, but you never really knew. You but never really so knew. So to get the photo evidence, I've always related uh, graffiti writing to hunting, like okay. as people just ex- like. I've never had to hunt in my life, right. but I feel like as a graffiti writer, I uh, exercised that instinct. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And a big thing with a hunt is that, even with fishermen, getting that photo with the thing that you've got. Right. Because inevitably, hopefully, you're going to be tearing the thing apart, harvesting all the meat. Right. You, know, you know what I mean? And right. You're not going to have that opportunity right. again. You know, right. but it's an important thing to have as a document that it actually happened. Totally. And and, you know? and like I said, like I think REM 311, like, I mean, initially my first photos I took was really because of my brother, because the trains would walk by and we'd be walking from school. And uh, I'd be like, oh, my God, I wish I, I wish it could just stay, you know, because it just go by in a flash. Maybe that's five seconds. And you were able to yeah. read the names like, you know, Blade and Comet and guys like that. And then like. It was gone. So you couldn't study it as a young wannabe inspiring artist. You couldn't study it. So Isn't that a fascinating part of it? Yeah. Oh, like, totally. Like, imagine walking into a gallery room and five seconds later, the art gets taken that, off the wall. Like, no, that's all you had. You, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. The next group gets to see it. That'd you, be you, so bizarre. You, you lose your mind. No. Literally. You'd be like, well, no, no, there's no. There's something, too, about it, like... Uh, 
I feel like New York graffiti really made it like a lot of those styles I think developed because they knew the the canvas was going to be in motion. Oh, totally. And so as someone who didn't come up as a train rider, I did walls like yeah. constant. I mean, that's been my whole right. career pretty much. I've done a few trains. Right. But I'm conscious of that in trying to think of it as this moving object. Oh, totally. Almost like the pieces of a fucking UFO or a plane yeah. or a boat or something. It's got like a, a structure that needs to be able to, I don't know, have some ability to move. Yeah. You know, yeah. or some direction. And, and I mean, because it moved... It really moved around the world. Now looking back, me and you looking back, and looking back at, at, at it doesn't matter if you were in Albuquerque, or it didn't matter if you was in Chicago, or it didn't matter if you was in New York, it didn't matter if you was in Germany. In the, in the, in the, in the early 90s, the culture had already been almost 20 years. Yeah. And, and I was in it already uh, from 83, almost 10 years, and you were in it, and because... I knew about you through ages from, from, from Chicago. He used to say, oh, hey, Albuquerque. We were like, what? What's Fucking he talking Albuquerque, about? Bro? Albuquerque, Yo, we, we were, our geographic information was so bleak. That we were oh, like, sure. What's he talking about? You're, you know, especially you know? if you're still in like, uh, like middle school or yeah. high school or yeah. something. You're like, yeah. you're not going to know about Albuquerque. Yeah, and, and also, too, we... <laughs> And also, too, we were just so like, because of what because of what was going on in New York, and people told you, "Oh, New York's the shit." You felt like the, you know, so you knew about Chicago and you knew about L.A., but then Aegis would go down and connect with you, and he would also yeah. connect with East out in, in in Kansas at the time. And he would come back and he would tell us about the racking, but he'd be like, "Oh, these guys are painting. Yeah. Check out the work." And we're like, "Oh, fuck, this is interesting." Because we had just connected with Europe a little bit, and yeah. and we were connected with the West Coast, I'm like, fuck, this thing is like, so, and a guy like me really started thinking like, oh, this is not over because in New York, like trains was was dying out, and most most people were quitting, yeah. you know, the last train I think ran in '89, um, and I think they put a put an article in the newspaper, but but guys like myself and Sento and Ghosts and Reese and Ven, Ven was a, a, a main advocate when it came to this, uh, push that we would push on to paint trains, even though they cleaned the trains right after. Um, right. For the audience, like prior to that, you would paint the trains and they would run, like you were saying before. I kind of like that era too, because um, it was such a treat to f see those photos. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember, I think my buddy Went was getting photos yep. from Cat. Yep. And it was just all these, like, clean trains yeah. that were getting hit. And right. it was just so spectacular. Right. You and know, it was like, wow, these guys are really yeah. kind of fighting a fight that you can't win. You're not going to win. But, uh, but, but God we were, we damn, were, that's dope, you know? But we were young. And, yeah. and, and again, timeless. If you look yeah. at what's going on now in the, on the globe. People are still in New York painting trains and still in Chicago painting trains and still in different cities painting trains. And those are still trains. very difficult places yeah. to paint a train. Yeah. I mean, we should we should say that. Yeah, you yeah, know, no. I think I, in my experience, yeah, Chicago and New York yeah. is kind of the pinnacle in America of secure systems. Yeah, yeah. With uh, enforcers. Yeah. I mean, Chicago, Chicago was you. so dangerous, man. I mean, it's so segregated, one. 
it's, so, it's trippy how segregated it oh, is. Oh, huh? man. It's, it's like, just like, uh, you know, it's just different than yeah. other cities I've yeah. been to. I mean, dudes like me and you hang out, meaning like you're white, I'm black. But yeah. the problem was when you're doing something illegal, it made it tougher to, to get over. Because if you were me and I'm in a black neighborhood, they'd be like, hey, guys, you, you okay? Right. You know, or vice versa. So we used to kind of duck down. And go to when we went to a particular yard or whatever, or oh, you know, sure. this side of town might be, be yeah. Mexican. But also, Chicago was so crazy that the, the third rail yeah. was had no covers. Oh right, right, <laughs> so and, and was was the same height pretty much oh, as as your awful. track rail. That's awful. So 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 and and coming from New York, we were so custom. The third rail is so obvious. Oh, in New York. So, oh, you can so stand obvious. on it basically because on on you're on the cover. You're on the cover. Yeah. And we were so used to jumping on the third rail. Sure. And then you you come to Chicago and you're like, that's live and there's no cover. Fuck. What, what you know? And then the system, sh- I think at that and time, shut down. Dead. Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You're instantly dead. Yeah, and I think one time we went to the yard out there when it was raining, and oh, you know, I was just really scared scary. because I was just like, that's "What so the scary. fuck?" You know. So I, I, I give a lot of places. I think when when people look at graffiti, they don't really, you know, and even Albuquerque, people don't really look and try to understand the environment of what people have to go through. Like, in, oh, sure. like, like you know, sure. in L.A., if you look at it, like it's so gang infested. Yeah. Yo, well, dudes gotta. That's the thing you have to deal with. Right. You know, where in New York, yeah, we, we, we didn't really have, you know, in my era, we didn't really have the gangs. We had yeah. more like street hustlers that was kind of like, they would try to run up on you because, you know, yeah. they felt you were making the block hot because sure. you were you were painting and, and they're trying to do business or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like every city, I think, has its, its obstacles. Yeah, and, it's cool and, that and, way. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, because it really shapes the graffiti scene in some ways. Right, which and, can be like in LA, for instance, where you were saying, you know, there is all pretty much all those neighborhoods have specific gangs that are yeah. trying to control that territory. But I think that forced writers to hit the highways because then oh, you're totally. in these in between areas where they don't even care to patrol. It's usually just right. homeless people along the highways, exactly, and they just get smashed. Yeah, you can go all city, right? You know, and the but visibility to, in the daytime is more to go all city in los angeles is a fucking enterprise yeah i mean it's i mean i don't know about square miles of area but it seems like it's just as big as the uh, all the boroughs of new york city yeah yeah you totally I mean? I mean it's, it's, to, it's to really to, it's to really city in new york city is yeah. fucking yeah. gnarly yeah. from coney island yeah. all the way to the bronx yeah up by where you are yeah that's fuck yeah. you gotta go out every, every night every to night all these crazy yeah. areas yeah. you know yeah i give it to people that yeah. do that yeah. there's yeah. only been a few in new york that yeah. i've seen that yeah. really you know in one like two week trip there yeah. saw them literally from yeah. coney island all the way yeah. to north bronx no there's, there's there's been dudes and 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 you got like i said you got to give it to, to anyone that puts in the work it's just so you just got to give it to the work. yeah it's yeah like a full time job oh 100 percent so crazy to me you just have you know? to be dedicated and 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 it, and it shows the, the the cleverness of of a graffiti writer it shows exactly how we're able to to maneuver through all uh, these obstacles agent i always thought was one of the Super most smart. clever graffiti oh, yeah. writers i ever met 100 percent would never ever leave the house looking like a graffiti no. writer. Never stored any of his graffiti stuff at home. <laughs> no, you know, was the first kid I remember meeting that had the Krylon uh, tattoo. Yeah, like the circle colors. Yeah, and yeah. He had the Rust-Oleum guy, and yeah. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And he had a sick collection of, of vintage paint. Oh, 
Like, Man. unbelievable. Yeah. He helped unbelievable. us. Uh, I still have some cans that I got in Chicago with yeah. him. And yeah. these, like, basements in Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> he did, took, you probably took us to the same Oh, yeah. Place. He took, he took, we used yeah. to drive all the way just to go racking with him. Yeah. So, so, I mean, so I got my start like that. And, and then, uh, you know, after Michelob, I met Dero, who was a style master. Somebody I um, really looked up to. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable how good he was. And yeah. he moved into the neighborhood, and he took a liking to me. And and uh, he was going painting with Poem. And prior to that, he had did a couple cars with Dez, who was a mentor of his, yeah. TFA, and then, like, Duster. And I remember him saying, oh, yeah, go out to the four line. And we went out and caught some photos. And I, th- I thought those Dez, Duster, Dero cars was really so so ahead of his time. But he was, he was younger Agreed. than those guys. He was, like, maybe... A year or two older. Was that more of that kind of like sign painting kind of lettering versus like super graffiti look, and they started getting more graphic? Is that what you're? No, no. Was that later on that they did that kind of stuff? Yeah, I can remember some of those like Duster Lizzies that were like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Duster, unbelievable uh, talent. Right. Unbelievable. Pause for a small intermission. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no it's all good. UPS guy just came with the tubes. Mike had to, you know, take care of business. Some ship, ship some stuff. We're recording in my studio in Miramar. Yeah, we're back. We're back. So yeah, no, he that, these particular cause was 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 style cause, simple. But but real clever, you know what Des does. Like those definitive kind of New York graffiti yeah, letters. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. still timeless. That's you know, the and, and, alphabet to start with, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, period. And, and, and what was great was with Des Duster and Dero, they were all they were all they were all masters of D's D D D. Oh, you're right. You know what you're I mean? Right. So 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 these can be tricky. Too. These can be tricky, and these yeah. guys was, these guys was great. And, and so Dero allowed me to hang out with him, and uh, even a few times, like I'd go over to the house, and uh, one time, one of the, 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 the sticks in my brain like a stain. <laughs> Like an ink stain. It's like I went there, and he's like, oh, my mom's home. You know, she come home from work, his, his mom, and, and, and she was tired or whatever. He'd be, oh, yeah, he'd sit out in the hallway. And he brought out these two black books. And, bro, we sat there for hours, like, literally, like, peeling my eyes. I did looking that same at shit every dude, page. with a 40 in my hand and, and somebody's <laughs> black book in my lap. And I would give it time. We yeah. would all give our each other's books time. Yeah. And we would have books from... Like, friends would uh, send me uh, black books to hit, too. Yeah, yeah, of course. SMK sent me a few books. I don't know if you ever remember yeah. SMK. He's, he's from D.C., no? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. I remember he was, him he having was cool, stuff man. on the train He sent me all kinds of great shit. Um, but yeah, we would send uh, black books to each other and you'd have, like... Your whole crew hit up some some homies book yeah. from another city, right? Yeah, and then your shit would percolate in that city, right? Among their their people, that shit was fun. Yeah, well, the nineties is big on mailing. I remember I got a uh, I got a once I connected with some people like 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 you said like yourself and uh, ages and 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 uh, in LA I was connected with, with Realm uh, KSN and uh, and then like um, you know this guy Zepster in, in Europe. So I got a PO box. Long story short. Mm-hmm. Just so the viewers can understand what we what we were doing, um, and then we wrote into Can Control, and then and Pal would send us the magazine. But then he sure. we, he'd be like, "Oh, send us some some photos," and we'd send photos, stack of photos. We'd make doubles when we went to the one hour shop. I would make um, sometimes twelve sets 
Wow. Because I was trading with 12 different people all over the world. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, yeah. I Totally. Yeah, yeah. So, I'd send real good stacks, and yeah. I would get stacks back. Exactly. From uh, Graphitism in, right. in yep. London. London. Mm -hmm. They traded with me a whole bunch, whoever was there. Yeah. I had a, a hookup here in San Diego, this kid Phil Kasaka. Okay. Didn't really write much, but um, took fantastic photos of everything. Wow. And I had those friends all over. Yeah. Espo was one of those people. Yeah, totally, totally. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, love, I love that because it was, it's basically... You know, for the viewers, that's how the internet, that is basically pre-internet, but that's, if you were connected. Well, and it led to the media. Yeah. Like in the case of trading photos with Espo, I knew and hoped some of it would end up in On The Go. Is yeah. that what it was called? 100% On The Go. On The Go. Yeah. On The Go yeah. was the shit. Yeah, that's how I know him. He did a good mag. That's he did a good it. mag, which later on led to uh, the book, uh, The Art of Getting Over. Sure. And, and I'm sure, um, you know, he was just, I, I think he was just a really intelligent guy, even to this day. Oh, I see him, Steve, and he's just like... He's one of he the just, smartest, yeah. uh, quickest dudes. I've seen him get in, like, uh, people, I don't want to, like, talk shit to him for whatever reason. Yeah. Even regular people. Yeah. And he has this witty way of talking shit to their face, and they don't <laughs> even know how ruthless he's being. Yeah. He's just so smart about it. I fucking love that. Yeah, no. He's a fucking he, genius He's like sharp, that. man. He's sharp. He's so yeah. sharp. Yeah. He can... He'll get into it and it'll start rhyming, and you're kind of laughing your ass off inside because they don't realize they're being clowned. Yeah. Like whoever he's fucking with. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean all, all the early '90s, he yeah. was so clever doing those 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 illegal, sure. you know, Even political spots. Stuff yeah. And stuff about like you know, you know, why is there so much uh, malt liquor in the yeah. hood? And I remember all yeah. that. Yeah, but it was yeah. dope. You know. No, that's the, that. But but that's the thing. Those photo trades. Did end up becoming kind of the the material for the the media that yeah. then ended up at your you know local head shop books bookstore or whatever. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, Tower Records, Tower Records, Tower Video was big on that. Like you can go in there, forty and sit. different graffiti yeah. magazines from around the world. Oh man, it was crazy. Just go in yeah. there and sit there. And, you know, us as graffiti writers, we never have money. We just be there Xerox. reading it. Yeah, no, they'd be I like, would, "Hey, you guys okay?" I'd go every uh, at least once a week yeah. to the tower in yeah. San Francisco. Yeah, all through the nineties. At We'd least just sit once there. a week. Yeah, with my headphones on, yeah. blasting rave music or something. Yeah. probably on LSD. <laughs> you know, right? But yeah, I would sit there, and they didn't really trip. And no. I would buy stuff. I'd yeah. go through yeah. thirty of them, but, but we'd be in there for hours, seven. and they wouldn't trip about it. No, it's weird. To, it's, no. it's crazy how times have changed. Like yeah. you can't be in a store that long now. People it's, lose their minds. It's funny you too because. I think the kids that were racking, they would just go to that section, grab and go. Yeah. And so if you were just standing there, you weren't much of an issue. No. They were just like, well, even if he is stealing, like he's taking his fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. You know, no, hey, I, run, look, you know? I, was, I was always like a, a, a kind us. person. So sure. I got to know local store owners. And, you know, the only places that I wouldn't stay long is when I went to rack paint or markets. Of course. I'm in and out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm because I'm scared shit. You sure. know I don't want to get caught. I want I want to be out of there. Yeah. But like you know, Tower Records and, and stuff like that. And and you know, in New York we had Bomb the System, which later on became Scrapyard. Yeah, like real hip hop yeah. shops there. Yeah. Those were rare yeah. back then. Those were rare. Which before that was, like I think even Soho down just under. Just a place where you could walk in and buy caps. Yeah. It was just like no shit. Yeah. I can just buy five caps right yeah. here. Hell yeah! What do you got? Yeah. <laughs> And I was also selling, because, you know, we worked in a place called Unique Boutique, which is a vintage clothing place. 
and the owner was really like into art and he was just like a cool quirky guy and you know they had statues upside down on the ceiling Fine. and they had they had they had this thing called spin art where you put your t-shirt and it ring the t-shirt and colors would go around oh, right. yeah. and, and and I remember those machines yeah, at yeah. the t-shirt shops and we we spin worked art. yeah and we worked in a small area of the shop that that called art wave and we we would uh meaning we meaning me Reese um there was a guy from LA Baba he worked there at the oh, time yeah I remember yeah. Baba yeah Hell yeah. And uh, so we'd be there, you know, taking our orders and doing our little work. And then yeah. I, I, I saw people. Power from Can Control was the first to sell caps. And then, you know, then I, hmm, a light rang yeah. in my head. And I, I started calling the companies from, 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 from Unique yeah. using their phone. Sure. And then somehow the lady gave me the number to the, to the company. And I yeah. started selling caps. And people started selling, sending me um, magazines. And, Doc uh, in Albuquerque was our cap connector. Yeah. He had the address for the Phantoms, and he would yeah. buy them by the garbage bag. Yeah, exactly. It was like 14,000 caps, I yeah. think, in every yeah. box. He'd sell them and, for like a handful for a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I was doing. People later on, when they found out how much it cost, really, they were really upset at me. But like, <laughs> hey, listen, if you're getting 14,000 caps... Well, you couldn't get access. That, that's the thing with that back then. Like, you really... That was one of those things about getting into a crew, to a yeah. good crew, because you knew they would give you their tools. Oh, yeah. And sometimes yeah. you were just kind of having a hard time figuring out which cap went on, yeah. which can to work and do a certain thing right. that they were able to pull off that you yeah. just could not. And it's funny because, again, another thing that, like, it seemed like, what the hell are they talking about? That's so easy. <laughs> but you got to remember, there's no internet. There's nothing. Yeah. If you didn't find a graffiti magazine or you didn't have someone older to yeah. tell you, this is what it looks like. You're this basically is what, like a teenager calling up this multinational plastics yeah, corporation 100%. asking to get a shitload of these dumb little spray yeah, nozzles. Yeah. And they're like, what in the hell? Yeah. I guess we'll sell them yeah, to you. Yeah. Even uh, my publisher, Roger Gassman, yeah. he made a ton of money selling yeah, caps yeah. over the years. Oh, yeah. To, to, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. I remember yeah. he sent me something. I, I was, was, I was like, dude, I'm, I, I was like, I, dude, I'm selling them. I, I'm, yeah. I got, I got the hookup. But That's he, he thing. was nice enough to hook me up. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, there yeah. wasn't too many people. There was like no, I said, power in him. It. There was Zebster in Europe. It's the stuff of legend. And, if you yeah. had the contact at the manufacturer. Yeah. yeah. And then, and, uh, and like, like I said, I got lucky because I was working at Unique. I used that name. Oh well, we're working at Unique sure. and. Uh, boutique oh new york city yeah and they're like new york you're calling for new york yeah like right. yeah. yeah 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 you know and totally. and, and, and 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 we're like yeah so you know we, we run this art wave section and, and we need we need we need it for our crystal clear they, they keep clogging oh well no problem she's like it's not called a nozzle though i was like, oh she's like it's called an actuator yeah the actuator and i was like there you go oh shit because it took a few calls and now for you her to understand word. what the hell one we now got this heavy ass word. New York accent yeah. that like no one could fucking understand sure. and they're in the Midwest so many products like that it's like you just gotta know the actual word for the actual item yeah. and then they know right. they know exactly what you're talking yeah. about but until you get there it's like people that I hear calling uh, like it's a tattoo gun Yeah, that's like <laughs> you know uh, that's like the quickest way to call yourself out as a newbie yeah you know, oh 100% any tattooer is gonna call it a tattoo machine that's right. what it is it's not a gun it's not a gun you know but uh, you could be calling tattoo shops and being like hey man do you guys sell tattoo guns there and they're like 
Even Click. if they sold machines, they'd be like, nah. Like, yeah. You're asking yeah. for attention. They're you like, got, oh. You got no business having one in your hands. 100%. Yeah, 100%. It's funny. And, and we, we were, once we found that out, I was grateful for that information because then sure. I, I understood that, oh. Right. Wow. You know, the whole time we sound silly. But like, again, you have to go through that. Yeah, we have and to go through You have to have some lady that's just going to be like, or like when I stop people that hit me up on the street and they're like, hey man, you know, do you have any tattoo guns for sale? And I'm like, let me tell you, bro. <laughs> if you're really interested in tattooing, don't ever call it a tattoo gun. <laughs> right. right. Just don't ever do that. But you need those people sometimes. You need those people, even right. if it's just a dumb little thing like totally. a word. Totally, And now, the, the title for a thing. now you can Google all that, which is great. Right. Right. Which is great, and 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 but back then you couldn't. You had to talk to someone that knew. Even now, I don't think anybody calls or knows that they're actually actuators. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know who it's, would? Yeah, who would? And and it's funny. The company. I remember when I first got to, uh, you know to talk to them, and they yeah. were like, "Oh yeah, sure," and "Oh yeah, yeah, we sell that." And they were like, "Oh, let me get you. Let me get your address. We'll send you out a kit. I still have it to this day. It's like they send you out a little box that was like." Like one of each? Four box, yeah. Oh, like wow, it, it looked like a little uh, container, like, box. you know, two boxes yeah. for screws and stuff. Exactly. Right? And, and and it had maybe 30 different caps inside. And most of, most of them have the, 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 the same, it's, it's the same type of cap, but the hole was slightly different. We only uh, knew that years later. Yeah, right. At first we thought, oh, well, these all are the same. But no. then later on, just talking to other writers like some writers like yourself might be using this cap to outline and be like no 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 this blue one is a little bit thinner than this oh sure orange dot yeah we were and, definitely conscious of all that yeah i was especially because i was just so technically minded right you know so we started you know just uh sharing information with other guys you know like i think you know when you got the liquitex cap which was the what we call the first clean cap yeah you know, because it came on that, that brand Liquitex, the testers. Right, we called them that too. Right. Yeah. And now the first person to 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 kind of figure that out was this guy Poke IBM. Okay. But the, later on, West got the credit because okay. he him and Poke painted, but then he went to to the West Coast to do a piece, yeah. and he ran into Risky, and then like he was like, "Oh, can you take me to an art store?" He showed him. You know, and that's what Agree did with us. Yeah, I don't know if he knew exactly which caps went with which stuff, but he had experience with different caps and was yeah. searching. Right. For oh, this guy in New York had this fat cap that was insane. It was like a pie plate size circle. Right. You know, and he was us on a hunt for that right. cap. Right. And eventually we found some. Exactly. You know, but and, yeah, the, and, the first one really was the liquid. The Liquitex and the liquid. Yeah. That cap, the look of that cap comes on other brands or products. But it writes differently, and yeah. and and it took a while for us to really, because we were getting that. But then sometimes we'd wonder why it wrote different, and then even the years later, I think I ran into yeah, uh, the glue was a different size hole. Than yeah, hundred percent. You were after hundred percent. We ended up calling those Liquitex caps Phantoms too. Oh really? In Albuquerque. Okay, Phantoms. I thought yeah. Phantoms was like kind of like what the cap match color guys call the Wallies. You know, the ones that know. was the the dark blue. They're fat. They 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 actually came on on. On some That's like cleaning thing, thing that called afters. Black ones. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, I don't know how that happened. Maybe yeah. somebody brought that to town, that name for them. And we just had regular fat caps. I can't. I, well, and we use those window cleaner caps sometimes yeah. too. Those 100%. Could be crazy yeah. 100%. For yeah. just blasting. Oh, that was, those was great. Yeah. So caps, the caps was a big, the tools was, was big. Knowing the tools and how to use them was a big deal. 
and um, it took to some. Yeah, yeah. And there were always the other kids that would just rack yeah. cheap paint and yeah, just yeah. do stock tip throw yeah. ups and yeah. tags, which and, and, I, was always good too. Yeah, you know yeah. what? I used everything. You know, I did if, too. Yeah, but when I wanted to try to like do something nice, I try to. Um, and I still think, you know, even to this day, as, as the culture moved along, I try to, like, stay current with what's going on. I try to as you well. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I, I don't geek out about it. But, like, if I, if I paint with you and you're doing something with something, oh, hey, Mike, right. you know what you're doing. Right. So traveling around and, you know, talking with some younger guys, I'm always seeing, you know, always trying to pay attention to, like, what's going on just to, yeah. to keep kind of relevant. Because things have really changed. It took a, a, oh, us sure. a long time. To really get good because there's a lot that we didn't didn't know. Yeah. You know, it didn't yeah, matter how hard totally. you practice, you might, you know, some some of us were better in our black book than oh, there what was we a could lot actually. of people that were great in black books yeah. that couldn't do it at all on the wall. That couldn't paint on the wall. Yeah, couldn't figure yeah. it out. Couldn't lay it up for some reason yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, did you end up? Um, did you graduate high school? So. This is the question. I'm going to high school. I'm in there. I'm having That's a good the thing. time. We're about that age. I kind of yeah. want to move into yeah, like yeah, college totally. and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, did you end up graduating? Well, well, <clears throat> yes and no. So what happened was I'm going to high school. I'm hanging out with a group of guys. We're all painting. And then, like, my notebook gets bombed. And then one of the guys who's a close friend of mine, he wrote all over the school. So they, they, they try to pin that on me. And I didn't want to snitch him out, so I got kicked out of school. And then later on, I went to like more what we call an out outreach type of high school. I finished yeah. high school there. I had a lot of friends that yeah. went to those kind of so high schools. So that's what happened to me because like they, you know, they suspended me, and I had to come back with my mom a week later. Yeah. And then, you know, they were trying to get me to hey say, man, "That's admirable." Yeah. How old were you? I was uh, 16. Yeah, and you didn't snitch. I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. That, I was like, you I was know, like, and and it it. Fucked with your life a yeah. little bit. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's just it. That's you know, and a lot of people would just roll. Yeah, I was like, you know, yo, that's no, a, that's a thing. Yeah, I don't know. You gotta have, a, you gotta have honor, man. You gotta have, like, you have to have honor. You have to have, you have to have some type of, you know. You're like, look, you get caught. If they want to penalize me for it, yeah. I knew what I, I knew what was was going on. You know what I mean? Like, you I gotta guess be. There were situations too where I kind of stepped up to be the target of the police instead of my friends right definitely even kind of pulling the white boy card <laughs> right you know and just being like hey officer what's what's going on right. here you know like these guys really didn't do anything wrong like i actually stole this and this and this and yeah. did this and they're just with me man i'm the yeah. one you want yeah you know just to try to de- oh take totally a- attention yeah away. yeah and often that works yeah no, when we you used know, to we used to go I mean, racking, it's shitty, but like, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's hey, like, listen when you when you when you when you're painting with a group or you're with a group, you're kind of with a crew. Yeah. And we used to go racking in Long Island, and sometimes I'd go in and divert. You know, you you yeah. you're, you're using all your every every everything that you know your That's your, your smarts and yeah yeah yeah. If somebody gets caught, yeah. you're expecting they're not gonna roll on. Yeah, you, you know what I mean, and. Yeah. and Today, I would I would think that that still would be You'd hope so. honorable. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's just it. I think, you know, there's that, that, that thing where parents will say, well, you know, it might be honorable, but it was stupid. Look yeah. what happened to you. And look what happened to the person that actually did the thing. Nothing. Right. Nothing. So right. what the fuck was that about? That's right. honor? That doesn't, you know. <laughs> but that's, that's why I said, yeah. and kind of paused you for yeah. a second, that's yeah. an important thing. 
Yeah. So did you end up graduating from that high yeah. school? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I ended up gra- yeah, like so we that school was like more like you go from eight to uh, two o'clock. Yeah. So you got out like a little earlier because yeah. the other schools are like Those three cool. or four. Yeah. Yeah. And then cool. then I I I got a, I also got a job as like an apprentice. A friend of the family got uh. me. A, uh, put me in, 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 in like there was a little printer place I used to work called Beehive on Boston Road and I'd go there and I'd, co- I'd do collating they wouldn't let me run the machines because I was yeah. too young but, but I, again you're in that yeah, world and I understood printing and they also gave me my first job to design a logo when I was like Fresh. 17 yeah. and then, then all these little things had had really opened my mind up to like oh well yeah I can do that yeah. And then doing the job and getting paid. I remember the the, the the company decided my weekly check. They gave me $50 for my first design. That was my first job outside yeah. of anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was so psyched. Yeah. I mean, I was just so, I couldn't believe me. it. Those first few jobs yeah. were kind of just yeah. like, whoa, you're asking me to draw something yeah. for you? Yeah, yeah. Hmm, I could, yeah, yeah, actually yeah. I could do that. Yeah. And then you bring it over and they're like, Fuck yeah, yeah, here's some money. And you're yeah. like, no shit. Yeah. I, I can do this? Yeah, I didn't even care it was 50 huh. bucks. I was just, I couldn't understand that I got paid. That's, and, yeah. I didn't, I was already doing that in high school. Yeah. Like getting paid for little logo things and skate graphics for kids and stuff. Yeah. But then in, uh, yeah, college. Yeah, that's the thing. It all, yeah. it all led to the next thing. Well, you, exactly. And I think, I think for the viewers, you got to really think of that. You got to think about, you know, it doesn't matter how you're young or you you are, how old you are. Like, there's certain things that, you know, you have to see it and take it seriously because it's part of a bigger thing. Yeah. You know? Well, I feel like each thing you do is the stepping stone to the next. And also, yeah. you're building your resume. You're yeah. building oh, your totally. body of work. And yeah. Yeah. It's, still, it's just got to start from somewhere. Yeah. And every graffiti writer... I think usually yeah. <laughs> starts out terrible as a toy. Well, everybody's a toy, I, man. I was gotta, a toy, but you just gotta start. You gotta start, you know? and, and you uh, and you got you got you gotta not want to stop. Yeah, because yeah. if you don't stop and you continue to do it, right. somewhere along the way, everything that's whack becomes good. Okay. Well, yeah, right. Somehow, or Somehow. You, you're still gonna build a fan base. It doesn't matter if it's yeah. whack. There's someone out there back. that's gonna love it. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> you know what so, I mean. So, uh, did college come? Yeah, so I, I went to CUNY College, which is called okay. uh, New York Technical College, which is downtown Brooklyn. Went there for like two years, and then, you know, I had to move out the house, and I just decided to do my own thing from there. Um, but there again, like you know, the things I've learned there, certain people I met are still in touch with, and. What you know, kind of stuff did you did you learn like computer uh, design well, stuff Well, my there? major yeah my major was advertisement and design. Okay. But really, what I did learn was really more uh, hands-on graphic design stuff. Cool. I felt that right. that really worked later. Like the computer had just been uh, uh, brought into into uh, I think there was like one computer class, and I I, I think I didn't get it till '92, but because of poem we. Poem started a magazine called Flashbacks in 91. Legendary and, Flashbacks. Yeah, flashbacks. Poem, yeah. you know, uh, COD, UAFX yeah. poem. Super talented guy. Uh, doesn't really get the credit I feel he deserves. But right. Poem is super talented, and he had the idea for a magazine. He also took pictures, and he was a very fair guy in the way of, like, trying to put something together so people get a gist of what was going on in New York. And um, I would help him. 
and he got a he, he he we started like I think I got a computer first. We we met we met Mayor and Kel, and they were already designing, and they had a, a loft in 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 Williamsburg. And That's on those no, guys. Yeah, on yeah. No, a North, a North Six. Yeah, it was nothing. On there was, level. Yeah, there was nothing out there. Still. Right, but yeah. how I met them is because Poem was like, oh, oh, you met Mayor? Like interview him, and then I, I interviewed Mayor. He was living uptown, uptown Manhattan, like around 96th Street, and then he was like, oh, my brother's Kel, and I was like, Kel, Kel, that's your brother, like your real brother, <laughs> yeah. like because everybody would say, oh, that's my brother, that's my cousin. Oh sure. Yeah. I was like. Your real brother? He's like, yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. That's fine. All right, so he was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, bring you over to, to his spot. And we brought, he brought us over to Kel's spot. And, like, you saw the level of, like, like, Mare's dope. But Kel's like, it's just crazy. Dude, dude, like, pulled out a portfolio. And we saw, like, so many cars. Kel, Dondi, Kel, Cars 207. I was really you know, Kel. Was- yeah. Coming up studying somewhere. Oh my God, Kelsey! Yeah. You saw. Yeah. I mean, these these pictures wasn't out there. You mm-hmm. saw some at Henry's. Yeah. But you didn't really. So so and then in the in the loft he had he had a table. He had this long table he built, and he had like three computers set up with scanner and printer, and I'm like, what's what's going on here? Like it just looked high tech, you know. It's like like these days. Imagine if Google brought us into their building. We had a you know? uh, Mac lab at the architecture department at my college. It was Sick. the only Mac lab on the campus. Wow. And that was like ninety ninety one. See what? And uh, yeah, I remember signing up as soon as they opened it just to learn how to use the scanner and stuff because right. I'd already been doing zines cut and paste and I was like yo right. I can just do this in the computer and move right. shit around right fuck yeah let's yeah. do this well that's because Poem was doing the cut and paste and yeah, then yeah it was such a game changer yeah, yeah. so so I was doing a shitload of airbrushing custom airbrushing oh that's cool for the last three years like from my, my neighborhood I should get some uh, pointers I use oh, an airbrush oh, lately I, I got you all right, listen, we'll do that when this interview is over. The, 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 <laughs> listen, the, the, the airbrush thing, and the thing about airbrushing is one of the main things was like really just learning how to dismantle it, put it together. I've had to and, do and, that already 56 Yeah, times. you have to. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to win. And, and no, you know, know like I'm, I've learned that the, the, <laughs> the, hard the way. usual way. I mean, right. it just it's, it gets clogged. Right. You know, yeah. you got to take the whole thing apart. Right. Exactly. And I, I don't tattoo, but I assume from seeing guys like you that tattooing might be similar because, you know, Kinda, if you don't have a. The, it, it, airbrush is a lot more of a pain in the ass. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Because, like, most of the stuff that we use as tattooers, we just throw it away when it's done. Like you, th- you, yeah. Like I use a plastic tube, which is disposable. And right. Needles you don't reuse, so you just throw right. those in a exactly. garbage container. So it's not right. like you're actually having to clean out shit. Right, right, right. With an airbrush, you really, really you, got to clean right, it yeah. out every single right. time. Really good, right. and even sometimes if it's been sitting for a few days, you oh, use forget it and about you're it. Like God damn it, yeah. I cleaned it before I put it away. Yeah, but then what you have the to clean happened? it again. And then yeah, you gotta loosen it up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So, so, so yeah, we, we, you know. Because of airbrushing, I, I, you know, it was really big. The custom clothing was really. Were you doing like swap meet style, or were you in like a? Sh- I mean, were people coming to you? Yeah. And being like, yo, can you do like this, this word, and maybe a thing, or you know? yeah, yeah, totally. Like, well, like I said uh, earlier, we were. I was working, you know, I worked a couple 
small places, you know, one in Harlem and, and then uh, actually two in Harlem and then, you know, really first just my neighborhood out of my mom's basement. Cool. But then when I when I got the, the job at Unique Boutique because of a guy in Pearl Paint, you know, one day I'd, I'd wear my shirts or whatever. And sure. A guy at Pearl Paint that sells us the stuff said, oh, you know, they look at Handmade streetwear. Yeah. Yeah. So right? that was really big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. So we. That's sick. It was it was so big that we were making so much money. And, and back then, I was never the dude to really be flashy with certain things. Like, sure. I don't really, yeah. like, to me, I was just happy with writing graffiti and yeah. having a pair of sneakers. So I was stacking my, my, my money. And then we met Kel, and then he was giving us the insight yeah. of where the world was going as far as technology. Sure. Okay. And we were like, uh, like, like yeah. oh, oh, Here we go. oh. And then a light went off in my head. I'm like, well, Okay, I'm going to college, but like that class is so hard to get into. And then I got into the class, but it's so, it's like you, you, you barely, you learn, you, you get in the introduction, but you don't, you're not, you, like once you leave that class, where can you go to really use the tool? You, use the use tool. The computers. Yeah, you know, I, I, anybody yeah, at home. Yeah, like, and, and it wasn't like you were going to go to the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the computer store and rack it, yeah. you know, where like with spray paint, oh yeah, all right, I, I, okay, I understand. Go to the hardware store, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You, you find a wall. You you were resourceful in that way, but but the yeah. whole computer thing it was different because very few people even had a computer. Exactly, that's just it. So shit, man. I took I took all my money. I think I saved up like six to like eight grand, and I just dumped it into that shit. People thought I was crazy. People really thought like I lost my mind. Well, it's, it's a big investment. Yeah, but yeah. it's also they. I think it was not really a legitimate business in people's eyes yet. They oh, hundred percent. How it worked. Hundred percent. You know, but the people that use those tools could see the potential in it and were willing to make those investments. Yeah. 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 No, it was very expensive. Yeah. That's why the Mac Lab, the you know the first Macs I really used that were the graphics computers. Yeah. With the scanners yeah. was at a university. They were the only ones oh, yeah. that could really afford. The, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that was me too. When I when I went to New York Technical College, yeah. and then like I said, we we interviewed Kel, and then he schooled us to the game. And I think a year, I think ninety end of ninety two or ninety beginning of ninety three somewhere, I bought my first system, and I'd be in the basement, and Poem would come over, we scan everything, and start trying to figure out. And and I mean it was even just to plug it in, right. was a learning lesson. It was so like is that really just kind of a smooth line then into your career? Kind yeah. of as a. Because you did a lot of work back then that I'm sure a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, yeah. So many hip hop logos, yeah. and things, and yeah. In I mean, the beginning, I know which ones. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, it was like cut and paste, even with the scanner and stuff, because we. Didn't, I was we, the same way. It yeah. was still cut and paste, and then maybe scan it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we didn't know how to <laughs> really use it so well, so sometimes we'd it took run. A while. Right, it we'd took run a while. type, yeah. and then and then print it out, yeah. and then draw what you wanted, and then. You know, yeah. and, and the, physically. The software had its limitations. That's yeah, just it. right. I used a lot of Corel Draw. Right, you know? and right. It was a very limited kind of thing, you know. But for certain things, it was wonderful. Yeah, you know? and, and we loved that because we. I mean, even later on, and I think like, so so then yeah, I started meeting people. You know, like the rappers I might have been doing now jackets for. As I started an doing, artist, yeah. They see you can work with a computer now. Yeah. And hitting you up. Yeah. They were hitting me that's up. So, so that's how it works. Yeah. So the first guys I did some stuff for kids, was like Gangstar and those guys. Kids are listening. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's why you know I said earlier, you really have to take every little thing seriously. And and if someone gives you a job and you think the job is like BS, 
it, like you said, you never know where everything leads. Be later. Yeah, exactly. I've been hired by people that I did some dumb little thing for yeah. ten years ago, and yeah. now they're the head of the design department at a big corporation. Hundred percent. Like I can give you, you know, fifty k for this job, 100. and you're like, oh damn! And you're the same you're kid that I did the thing <laughs> for back in right. the day. Right. Right on. Right. How you doing? You know, I don't want your corporate job though. But good looking out, bro. That's, right. That's fresh. right. I mean, it's yeah. it's exactly like that. It's exactly like that. And I think if you if you you're able to just communicate with those people and they see that your intentions are, are, are yeah. honest and, and, and cool, they call you back. It's they shocking. Remember. It's shocking that yeah. like ten years or even longer, like someone calls you like who? Yeah. Where, where did we meet? Yeah. I get and, that and, from and, tattoo and, clients sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know. I'll, I'll forget that I tattooed them, and I'll just be like, "Oh yeah, that's the connect." Yeah, well, we met years ago. Yeah, like, oh, which is shit. which, and okay. it just makes the world smaller. Totally does. You know, so yeah. so so, you 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 really have to be uh, to just be good to people. Yeah. You know, be good to people because because it turns around somehow and just comes back at you. You whether whether you want to take the job or whatever, people remember you and and they wanna they yeah. wanna give it to you. Right. Which is like, oh. Interesting, as and long then, as you did a good job and you were yeah. personable and yeah. whatnot, yeah, 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 and and all that was a learning lesson because I didn't didn't really know that and no one really yeah. told me that right. and there was no class to go to to learn that and sure. in college they didn't teach us that, sure, you know what I mean. So it was all like trial and error, and 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 just talking to other artists yeah. like you know we met you and like I remember when I met you in '97 in the Bay, and we got into your house, and you were like. You took a Sharpie. I think we gave you a black book. And you took a Sharpie. And you kind of like, you were doing, you know, a throw up or a simple. And, and, and the way you were doing it. And I'm like, oh, he, he, didn't, use a, he didn't use a pencil. Oh, wow. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, Freestyling. And, and, yeah. And, and it's cool. Like, I had seen that before. You know, like, I'd yeah. seen Phase 2 oh, do I it. I too. That's just it. It was and that next level of black book. Yeah, and I'd seen Poem do it. Yeah. You know, no pencil sketch. Just no pencil right sketch. In. Just, you know, and every line was every line was so elegant. Every line was so... And I said, oh, wow. This guy from Albuquerque ain't playing. Yeah. I like, had great teachers, again. Yeah, yeah. And studied the stuff I could find. Yeah. But even before that, had been drawing technically since I could hold a pencil. Right. That's, you know, that's all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I do love... Trial and error, so it's great. I love people that can uh, pull that off. Yeah. You know, especially on a wall, too. There, there, I've seen a few, less than 10 probably yeah. in my whole life, where people basically painted the whole wall as an abstract background, almost yeah. like an abstract expressionist painting. Exactly. And then just parked uh, like a white or a black outline. Right on top. Black 3D, right on yeah. top of it. So there's no... I love that. You can't fix it. Yeah, because it's all because because in the background is this very whimsical, it. yeah. But people that can just like step up, you know. Yeah. There's a guy that writes Renos in San Francisco that I think does that the best. Right. Like, Freestyling, full pieces. Like, Sick. Semi wilds, like crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I love he that. He can just knock them out. Yeah. And I just oh, I love that. Yeah. It's like that stoner level of yeah. like. Oh, he ain't even sketching. He's just jumping right yeah, in. Let's yeah, see how yeah. this goes. Yeah, yeah. Know? No, I, I love that. No, a lot of, you know, dudes that I see, like I said, like Poem and, and even Doc TC5, when I met him, mm. he was very like that, you know, because I think yeah. of, I think I think even Dondi was like, you know, them dudes was very mathematical in the way they saw 
and they balance letters. You can and, see and, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know what? I've been grateful to 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 have been able to hang with certain writers, you know, meet certain writers along the way. Um, from the beginning, you know, guys like Dero and, 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 and then Doc and then later on, like, you know, you and then Persuade and then, you know, even the FBA guys. I met the yeah. FBA guys by luck on the train station. I met Kay's on the train station. I had a picture of one of his cars that had freshly painted. Matter ran for two days. I caught the photo. It disappeared. Yeah. So when I met him on the station, I was... I was humbled. I got you, bro. And then I got you. Oh, and then yeah. next thing you know, he's rolling. He's, he was he was older, so he rolled up to my house. Sick. And then like he was just really cool. Yeah. And and it, we built a friendship. Yeah. And then now I'm learning and I'm getting insight about style and things that I really want. You know, he was like sharing information that you wasn't gonna get if you didn't meet this guy at that particular yeah. time. So uh, you know, just grateful for along the way. Yeah. So how yeah how how have things kind of panned out? We're kind of. Are you in your early 20s at this point, starting to get those freelance jobs? Yeah, early I mean, 20s. I and a lot of, like, the logos for rappers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I did Jaywood the Damager. Uh, I, right. did some, I, did, I did a bunch of guys that never made a record. Like, you know, oh, they, were, sure. they were doing demos or whatever and searching yeah. for a deal. I did some and, of that, too. Yeah, and then, and then came, like I said, I met Gangstar, you know, mm. Guru, Rest in Peace, and Premier. And they were, like, really nice guys. And then... You know, Guru was like, he gave me his number and he was like, oh, hey, I'm doing this with another artist, you know, Big Sugar some. And then he's like, oh, yeah, 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 Dap and them, they need a logo. We got them a deal. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, J. Rue needs a logo. And then like, I started hanging out with J. Rue. We'd be on the train and we'd go to the record label and he would tell me what he wanted. And then I'd sit there and do a kind of a thumbnail sketch and I'd go back home. And, you know, and um, I mean, a lot of it. I give, I give it to Premier and Guru. They, they facilitated the business with the labels. Because working with the labels as a young person, you really, you know, they really don't respect what we were doing at the time as artists. Didn't take us a serious, because they had a, a full department in-house. Which, yeah. I mean, now I get it. You know, yeah. who, who, who was very, ex, you know, very who had a lot of experience. Right. And here, you know, these guys are telling them, oh, I got my man, he's going to do the logo. And they're like, you know, but 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 once we once I sketched up stuff and and I, I I inked it, and 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 the artists loved it. Like let's say you know yeah. J. Rue and them, Premier was like he would call the label and be like, hey, um, this is it. We're happy with what Wayne has done. Yeah. Please cut the check. Right. Like literally, right. like he put me on the like it would be a three way sure. and he'd be like, yo, cut yeah. the check. He's gonna come down. He's gonna be there at one o'clock. Cut the check. Let's yeah. get this going. He was very like business. That's how it you know. should be. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. He was. He was cordial. Yeah. But he was like, get it done. Get it done. Yeah. And uh, you know, so I was grateful to those guys, and then you, you, they would introduce you to other guys. So I did a bunch of that, and I realized at that time, I think I don't, at the same time met like uh, my man Stash, who's my boy now. Stash was starting uh, GFS with Futura and this guy Gerb. Again, very yeah. early. Very early. Very East early. Coast East too. Coast, yeah. I think by that time Tribal had been around. Tribal had, like, yeah. Those kind of companies. Tribal, but, uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Third Rail. Yeah. And we knew we knew of Risky because of, of power, because of, sure. of can control. Again, they and were starting to connect yeah, in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they were con art. Yeah. And, uh, right. and then at the same time, some guys from Europe would come. And they would have like their hip hop shops in Europe, and they were very into like buying sneakers. I would take them around and do them some airbrush stuff. And then they'd be like, "Oh, 
hey, do you know Third Rail? And oh, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with that guy, Risky. I kind of know him. I, I didn't meet him at that time, but we yeah. had the connection through Power. So I sure. hit a Power, and then we'd order the gear on the, on the phone, yep. and they would ship it over to New York, and I'd help those guys to, to, to get on the plane with all the yep. bags of gear. Yep. You know, So all, the, all that stuff was like really early, but, but a lot of that stuff was very important for me because it, it, it inspired me to start my own thing, which was Writer's Bench. Exactly. You That's know, dude, 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 was like, dude yeah. was like, yo, how come you you ain't doing nothing? And I was like, oh well, don't really want to step on anybody's toes because I was I was feeling right. like if someone's doing something, let me not. But after a while, if people started like yeah, pushing me, trying to help somebody out, you don't want to become yeah. a competitor. Yeah. I mean, but that's, at the same time, if there's a big enough business and yeah. you're really honestly involved in it as you were, I mean, it made perfect sense for you. To, oh, totally. From my perspective, yeah. that you would have uh, your own brand and even call it Writer's Bench. Yeah. Like, yeah. really, like a writer's brand. Yeah. You know, yeah. you could be a lot of different things, but to call it Writer's Bench, yeah. you're trying to court the attention of, of oh, oh, totally, writers. totally. Totally. Straight up, like yeah. regular people ain't gonna get that. No. Yeah. Well, I looked. I, I was looking at, at at like I said, you know, the con arts and 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 uh, you know, you know, Risky had Third Rail, and, and like I said, my boy Stash, he had GFS and what they were doing, and and P and B as well. But then, yeah. but then I didn't want to like. It wasn't like I never really saw myself as this guy that like that had this information that I could put out about either New York or or a certain subculture. All I really knew was graffiti. I felt like that's all it needed to be, man. Yeah, I felt yeah. like I knew I knew it's in the ins and outs, and I wasn't gonna call it like like Scene UA had. Uh, he had, I think it was Scene's World, Scene World, or something. I remember Scene World. Right, yeah. right, and he was killing yeah. it, and 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 he was a big enough writer. And I that's felt, the thing, it's Scene. Yeah, he's gotta go with Scene. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, like he could do that, yeah. but I wasn't that dude. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I just knew where I was, and I was like, well, well. I could call it the writer's bench because I knew what that was and I felt like That's I had, I had, so I had much, yeah too. and I had put in the work so and and I wanted everybody to be able to relate to it like myself as an artist as like oh and I so get that what year did you found writer's bench that was 96 Okay, yeah, so '96, you start your own brand. Yeah, which is man, that's that's back then, man. That that was a while ago. Yeah. barely anybody was doing that. Yeah, and were you able just to slowly but surely get wholesale? Yeah, accounts yeah, and yeah. Foreign well, accounts, and then yeah. it was like a regular. Totally. How how long was uh, Writer's Bench? I mean, is it still something you do? I, 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 mean, I you know I do I still do uh, you know every year I make a couple of things, but it seems but, like it was your main thing though. For yeah, a while yeah, yeah, yeah. From, from from '97 to 2004, it was it was it was a That's thing, and I, I had a distributor, yeah. and you know I was selling in Europe and Japan. But like in '97, I think '96, late '97, I met because of guys like I said, Stash and them, and they were hooked up with Japan. Right. And, 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 you know, they those would always. Big moves. Yeah, they would always try to, like, be like, oh, hey, check my boy out. Right. You know, and, and they were also hanging out. Uh, Rest in Peace Gerb, there was, he had a line, one of their boys. They did, they did, uh, they did Project Dragon called, um, this guy called Gerb. He had a line prior to that called Kingpin. Rest in Peace. Okay. He, he passed away in, in those early days. Yeah. But, 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 so those guys had allowed me to come in because of these Europeans. But later on, they really kind of just, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, you should do your own thing. They were cool with it. You know, so then I did. And, That's and just I was it. Like, there were very, very few people from the graffiti world that were even thinking about how to move it out into regular kind of 
Oh, we didn't know how. We didn't know how. If it wasn't, yeah, yeah, if it wasn't a hip hop shop or a skate shop, just didn't. you know, now I think it's a given if you're yeah. a designer to make product and yeah. to try to sell it to right. keep and, yourself and, and, alive. And, right, but and even open a shop. Yeah. You could, you could do all those things. In, there, in, was that, there was like an ethical thing too, even almost in the graffiti world where people were just like, I don't want graffiti to be 100%. on anything other than a wall yeah. or a train. 100%. They, I, they, wanna... I mean, people were quick to call you a sellout back then. Yeah, there was this, <laughs> quick. There was this thing. Even though there was this huge market say of even just other graffiti writers around the world that really wanted your stuff and yeah wanted to wear it yeah rep and 100 percent uh you know i mean it it really there is a level of street cred that comes with that yeah. stuff i knew that as a skateboarder even when i would buy a shop shirt in california and go back to albuquerque with it everybody was like oh that's sick like, right they knew you could only get that at that one only place. get that it's there. not even in your state right and there's no bootleg. There's no way you go there's, bootleg yeah, it. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Right, it's like they just right. knew. Oh, no. he got the authenticness, you know, and, and like. And that counted for a that lot. That counted that for a lot. That would start conversations with kids. You yeah. Know, that could end up being your best friends. Oh, totally, totally. You know, that could. Like, where hey, did listen. You get that T-shirt. That's man. gonna Holy get you. Shit. That's gonna get you in, the, in into the movies. That's gonna sure. get you into that party. Well, and even then, when the graffiti scene really exploded, say in the '90s, yeah. and was a real part of popular culture, and there were so many writers, and there was so much graffiti gear. You know, like yeah. clothing made for graffiti yeah. writers. Yeah. But then there was always those people like uh, our friend Agent that was always yeah. like, oh, hell no. No. I will never look like I have anything to do with yeah. graffiti. No, ever. not at all. <laughs> he looked like he was going to pri- He looked like he was going to private school. Yeah. I couldn't help it because yeah. I worked for Tribal and yeah. loved Tribal and they would send me big boxes of, course. of all their so you got gear. The, you had and the I always up. had it on head yeah. to toe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love that. Hey, listen. Dipped out head to toe. Man. I tell people in the beginning, <laughs> in, in the beginning, I was helping these years. European guys and, and other people to get it because you know I knew both parties yeah. but really I was getting hooked up if I went over to Stash's you know a studio with, with some German guy and the guy buy two thousand dollars worth of gear Stash would like, be like oh yeah yeah we got this new shirt yeah take a large one oh yeah uh, uh, oh yeah oh, grab one of these okay yeah hey yeah, we got this hat we collab yeah. we just did yeah. and I'll be like yeah. I'll be like I, I, I could take this yeah he's like yeah it. that's that's for you yeah. And I'm like, oh, you. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, over 20 years, he's still giving. I show up to the office still. He's sure. still like, yo, here, yeah. I got this for you. I'm like, damn. You well, know, I just feel good. Is. Yeah. I, I'm that way, too. Yeah. And if I came a, out to the West Coast, it's the same thing. If I have product around that yeah. I'm just trying Went to get to, rid of, yeah. my friends come by, yeah. yeah I'm gonna try I mean, I learned that as well from those guys. Yeah, sure. I learned that from them. Like, yo, you make something? Yeah. Hook your boys up. Hook up somebody that you appreciate. Yeah. You know, I, I I think it's just a thing that we do. So that helped me a lot, and then, and then and then so that got me into the to to you know designing, and yeah. doing writers bench, and then that led to like uh, later on like bigger urban brands are calling me for work, and then eventually I landed a job with Puff Daddy at Sean John and working with those guys for seven oh, years. Right, okay, because, that's another era I yeah, remember yeah, that you were involved yeah. in. Yeah, I used to see you in New York a lot. Like, like sometimes you'd be doing stuff with Vans or... That's just you, it. You were always you'd... doing some pretty hyphy shit with yeah, Sean yeah. John. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was just like... At one point with Writer's Bench, I felt like after 9-11, the, the industry had changed a little bit and we were, we were losing money and it was just harder to ship and, and do the documents and customs. That was a huge change. Yeah. And, and so what happened was... People would call me for jobs that I normally turn down. And then I thought to myself, like, well, well, you know, maybe I could take one of these 
jobs for six months and 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 learn the ends of these 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 I big machines. I think that's a good thing to do. Yeah, like you don't yeah. have to stay forever. Yeah, yeah. And then I ended up being there seven years, six, <laughs> six, six months. They must have made se- it nice yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's just well, it. I was able to, for once, pay your bills comfortably and not worry about that. Right. But and then I learned a bunch of stuff and also build relationships with certain people who, who I still have relationships with today. And I think it really, you know, with with, with being a full time artist these days, my experience of 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 working at a corporate company taught me. How to sit down with certain clients and get what you want, you know? Because because oh, right. as an artist, I feel like we get exploited a lot. They always look at us like they like we. Well, we, we you might have talent, but you, we don't. They think we don't know business, which a lot of us don't. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, that you know? definitely can be the case sometimes. Yeah, I think too. There's just this like when you're doing commercial work for somebody else that you really just got to like buckle and give them something that they want and not really something you're oh, happy about making or something. hundred percent. And that's when I just bail yeah. on those yeah, jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't be married to it. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's stuff that you, most of the stuff you're not really it's, proud it's of. It's tricky. Yeah. You, know, you don't ever show it to people. It's, 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 a, it's a weird thing. You have to kind of disconnect where it's like, you know, the stuff I'm doing now or the stuff I did for Writer's Bench. I'm like, really proud of it not right. that not that i didn't learn a lot there's been all kinds of commercial stuff yeah. that i never posted on yeah. instagram that i was just really not proud of yeah you know and yeah. that's that, and listen that's fine you know i tell a lot of young true. artists coming out of college like this one kid was coming out of college up near my studio you know and i was telling him like look dude you sometimes you got to do what you got to do to 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 do to do what you love. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, And again, like, sometimes that bullshit work that you're really not uh, stoked on to the point where it won't even post it, there might be some other person that really fucking loved it that yeah. gives you a job off the back of that. You 100%. Know, that, that you actually enjoy. 100%. You know? Yeah. I mean, I had to do a lot of that kind of, let's say, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Where you have to kind of cooperate on the idea with them. It's not really just your concept. Yeah. But now, usually when corporations hit me up, they really want me just to do my thing. Yeah. They don't want to give me yeah. any art direction, yeah. even though I need a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, which is kind of a funny place yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. It's actually you know? a better place. It's actually a it's better place. Better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, now that's what I... If, if, if they're able to, to say, hey, give me f- creative freedom and not taint that, yeah. then I'm like, okay, I'm in. Right. You know, otherwise I tell them, hey, man, you know, there's like 100 people out there. Yeah. that you can get. I feel like you have to say no to jobs in order to get the yes to like, oh, do what you want. We really just love what you're doing. And, and, and you know, like it's I said... Confidence I, building and just yeah. believing in your own work and your own worth. 100%. Right? You yeah. have to do it. You can't take everything. You have to turn things down in order to, to, to let the, the industry or people know like, okay, you know what? This guy kind of really knows what he wants to do and right. he's about that and he's you know if you say no to jobs people are like oh yeah. well that's huh okay. that's kind of crazy yeah well then how can we get him to do how can we get him to do something well we gotta yeah, let him kind of do money. his thing <laughs> did that too less art direction something yeah no, that's funny so we're almost at an hour and a half here just got a oh few, my god few time left. flies that went quick yeah i'll yeah. probably have you do an, another part two at some point but um, sick just kind of bring me up to right now like what are your what you're up to yeah so so the last i would say the last uh 
eight years, what I've done is when once I left Sean John, I I uh, for a while I was just really kind of touring around the globe, uh, painting at festivals, and and then I started seeing a lot of um, our 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 peers like now move from like uh, just doing graffiti or graphics into like uh, you know into doing group shows and solo shows. So, uh, you know, I got a studio. My studio is not in New York. It's actually in Western Mass, which is like two hours. It's like about three hours north of the Bronx. Okay. And what I, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty huge space, you know, 1,200 square foot, which I can afford. Because New York is like, I had a little spot in in Williamsburg that I was paying. It was like a closet for 650 yeah. yeah. So for that for that, for that, that 1,200 square foot, I'm paying 750 Yeah. So I, and, and the great thing about it is like, it's in a small town out there and I go out there from time to time, like every other week, every two weeks. I stay out there a week. If I got a show, I stay out there 10 days and, you know, I got a couch in there and like, dude, I just, you know, try to get zone in and, and try to uh, just find myself as an artist and try to take you know, doing doing classic graffiti stuff, but also pushing it in different areas, trying new things, yeah. and uh, I find it to be you know very, just very healthy, man. In the way of like, you know, it's it's just good for the soul, man. And and yeah. and 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 and, I and agree. it's it's just you gotta get you gotta get out of your comfort zone. You gotta put yourself, and as an artist, you gotta spend a lot of time alone. A lot yeah. of people don't really understand, like, you can't just. You know, it's not a hangout. Sometimes people ask yeah. me, "Oh, can you come, come to the studio, hang out." Like, no, no, you can't. Yeah, I get it all the time too. Yeah, yeah I, like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, sorry. It's, it, this yeah. is not what it is. I'm, I'm paying for this space. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Johnny Rockefeller. Right. So, like, dude, I got to make most of the time, and 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 like, so it's it's great to to do that. And I yeah. think also, as as some you know, sometimes when I hit up a uh, guys that doing group shows or whatever, they they they're happy to. To, to, to have me be part of that because yeah. they're like, oh, wow, you got a studio and you're really taking this serious. This is right. how I make a living now. And, and, and yeah. they take that yeah, serious. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. It's good for people to hear, yeah. I think. You know what I mean? So, so that's where I'm at. I'm doing that. Uh, I'm trying to travel less. Um, I'm only traveling when I'm, when it's a festival that hires me to paint a, a large mural. Like, if, if, okay. if, if that happens, or I'm even doing like uh, lectures on graffiti, like, kind of like, you know, from, from the history of the 70s. To, to 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 where we are with street art in the present. I'll do a slideshow and and yeah. So that's what I'm doing and I'm excited. Cool. Well it's great talking to you man. Thank well, you. Thanks thanks for having me, Mike. All right. Always